0: Welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And uh, we have a breast cancer survivor with us today, you know, Sammy Leesner, who's going to talk to us. We're going to talk on a topic that's very sensitive. And, uh, you know, at the same time, we're going to get Sammy's kind of journey on what hair loss and how that affected her during her treatment or knowing that just how that emotionally affects someone as you knowing that you're going to lose your hair and on the big scheme of things, what role does that play? A lot of you out there of my listeners, you know, you may be going through that or you may remember what it was like when this happened to you. And so we're going to talk to Sammy today and Sammy, as you can see, I love your hairstyle. I love the color. You, you I mean, obviously, you like to have fun and play around with things. And, and what gives you your courage, Sammy? Talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um,
1: well, thanks for for having me. Oh, and pleasure. Uh, <laughs> pleasure. Um, what gives me my courage? That's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Mm. Um, but currently right now, after everything I went through, you know, going through cancer during a pandemic, you certainly learn to put things in perspective. Um, one of those things being your idea of beauty. And before cancer, I was such a different person. I had long, blonde, straight hair, and my ideas of beauty were very, very different. Now, being a cancer survivor, in pandemic world right now, I think a lot of people, not just me, um, have changed their concepts and ideas of, of what beauty is and what's important. So, Uh, I do like to have fun Uh, one of those ways is by showing that through my hair Um, my hair was such a huge part of my identity and when it came back um, I wanted my first haircut to be very symbolic Mm. and very important Um, so I went to the hair salon I went to the same girl that shaved my head um, when I got cancer, she shaved my, and I'll talk about that later, like the texture of what happened with that. Um, She cut my wigs and then coming back to her uh, for my first haircut was kind of uh, almost like a rebirth of the new me and a nice little closing on my breast cancer chapter.
0: Sure. So talk to me, kind of walk us through that, Pete, you know, that, that journey a little bit, you know, being diagnosed with cancer is already overwhelming. You get hit with this news. And then from that point on, it's a series of events. So when you get to the point where, you know, what's going to happen and kind of digesting that a little bit, what's your thought when they, they start discussing You know, what's going to happen with some of the side effects and and hair being one of them?
1: So when I was first diagnosed, it was a year ago. It was July 8th,
0: 2019. Happy anniversary.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, It was a week after my wedding (laughs) and um, I had found the lump before the wedding, but didn't want to deal with it until afterwards, because I didn't want it to affect my wedding. So when I found the lump and did the biopsy, and it came back as cancer, my idea of what cancer was, was very different. You know, my thought process was, oh, they're just going to cut it out. And then I'll be on my merry way. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I found out that because I was stage two, they couldn't just cut it out. I would have to go through neoadjunctive chemo, which means go through chemo before my surgery and then have surgery to remove the cancerous tumor and then have radiation to make sure they got all the bits and pieces. So once you hear the word chemo, it kind of makes it all become so real. And you think about all of the movies that you've seen, all of the TV shows you've seen of these frail, skinny, bald people. Yeah. And it's like I just had that flash before my eyes. And I immediately started crying because I, I didn't want to become one of those people. I didn't want to lose my hair, lose me, my identity and who I was. Sure. And, you know, so my twin sister's wedding was in November. And that was another thought that popped in my head is, I'm going to be bald for my twin sister's wedding. Like, oh my God. And I know it sounds so vain. But as a woman, you know, and, and especially my twin sister's wedding, those pictures last forever. Yeah. Like, did I want to go back and look at those pictures and remember you know did I want to equate a horrible time in my life with one of her happiest times in her life so it was very traumatic just the idea of losing your hair
0: yeah
1: Um, having beautiful long blonde hair I would spend hours just curling it styling it braiding it dyeing it it was part of my identity. It was my sexiness, my femininity, my womanhood. Yeah. And the thought of losing that was devastating to me.
0: I can only imagine trying to take all of that in and to throw in on top of that, you're a newlywed. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. So you serious right now? And you're trying to. Swallow all of that, and it's just it's coming at you at at a rapid pace, and then your sister's wedding so yeah i definitely I definitely hear i can only imagine I definitely hear what kind of what you were saying and what you were going through, but I can only imagine and so and so being that treatments needed to get started and these things, how do you prepare yourself for that i mean how would you how would you help someone prepare for that, so many people are getting diagnosed, and this is part of that process. How do you, how does Sammy, how does she prepare for that? How does she get the courage to go forward?
1: It wasn't easy in this particular case. I was very, very thankful for my husband. You know, we we were newlyweds, and most couples have that luxury of time. You know, figuring out how to navigate things as a couple and we didn't have that you know we had just gotten married a week before and so we were thrust into this cancer world and all of a sudden he was my caretaker and I was a cancer patient and my very third my my very first thought was I don't want you to find me unattractive and leave me yeah I don't want you to see me as a patient and not your wife. And he was amazing. Like, he's, he's like, I could never, like, I could never see you that way. You're beautiful. I don't care what happens to you. I love you no matter what. And, you know, just hearing him repeat those words over and over again is what I needed. It gave yeah. me the courage. And I mean, I swear, like, if he didn't drive me to my chemo treatments, I wouldn't have gone. I did not want to go. Yeah. The first night before my my first chemo treatment, I've suffered from anxiety and depression before my cancer. So I had so much anxiety, I made myself sick. I was throwing up all night, all night before my chemo because... I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't know anybody my age that was going through what I was going through. And I was scared, scared of the unknown, Mm -hmm. scared because I didn't know what to expect, scared because I didn't know how to prepare myself. So when you say, Sammy, how did you prepare? I I didn't because I didn't know how. I didn't have anyone to, to prepare me and tell me what was to come and what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I literally made myself sick, throwing up all night. And my husband begged me. He said, please, please don't give up. You're already giving up before you're starting the fight. Don't lose hope. And so he was there every step of the way to comfort me and make sure that I was going to be okay. For sure. And so when the next day we drove to my first cancer treatment and I realized, oh, this is actually not that bad.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Once I figured out, you know, what it was all about and what was expected, then I was able to kind of relax and just acknowledge what was happening, giving in to what was happening and realizing it was not in my control that whatever was going to happen was going to happen and that it didn't matter because it wasn't just me fighting, it was my husband and I and my fan, and my family and my friends, and that no matter what happened, I, I at least had a support, support behind me, which is so important to have support during all of this.
0: I can't help to think about, you know, when you say through sickness and health, it- You know, you got presented with that quite early, you know, (laughs) and putting that right to the test. And, you know, the beautiful part, Sam, is you get to really see the people who really attach to who you are and on your soul on the inside. Right. And I know this discussion we're talking here, but it's it's all of it. Right. You know, you go through something as traumatic as that and, you know, as human beings, we can't help but to think that the things that do affect us. And so being here, being one of them, but what you what you were able to see and discover, and correct me if I'm wrong, you got to see your family and your husband who love you the most come in and embrace you and get you through just a, a horrific time. Is that is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I even called it a chemication
0: <laughs>
1: because...
0: What is, yeah, what is a chemication?
1: A chemication <laughs> is when you take off work. Um, so in this case, I was granted medical leave. I was a teacher and, you know, my family and I didn't think it was uh, smart to... And this is pre-COVID, so we didn't think it was smart that... I would be around a bunch of little children with a compromised immune system because chemo compromises your immune system and, you know, attacks basically your good cells and your bad cells. Sure. So being on medical leave, I wasn't working. Um, and my husband was, you know, my husband and family were pretty much taking care of everything. So I didn't have to do anything, but just focus on you know, my treatment. Yeah. So I got my, my chemo cocktail, you know, uh, through my port and I just relaxed and had a chemocation.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and you know what? I love your mindset, Sammy. You know, you took a situation and you made the best out of that. We talk about resilience in some people versus not having it. And what that is, is the ability to bounce back and for you to come in and go, no, you know, I'm going to have a chemication <laughs> and, and being able to make f- fun of, if I can say, you know, of the, to make light of the situation as you're going through something very traumatic. And so what an amazing mindset in order to do that. And so talk to me. You talked a little bit about what happened when you went to uh, your stylist. When she styled your wigs. How was it through that first time of actually I mean your beautiful blonde hair? I could see you whipping that thing back and forth, right? So, you know, how was that process going through that? Okay, you're here now.
1: They so I had talked to um some women before that mm-hmm. before it happened, so that I could I guess mentally prepare myself if if you can do such a thing. I don't think you can. But I knew that after my second chemo treatment, that was when the hair was gonna fall out. So I had, like I said, I had very long hair. So the way that I prepared myself was to cut it in stages. Mm. And um, every couple of days, I'd cut it a little bit more and a little bit more because I wasn't ready. Sure. And any cancer patient. That that you meet will tell you that the the thought of control is is so important um, because so many things are not in your control that you cling to anything that is in your control. Mm. And so for me, again, that was my hair. I'm like, I knew I was going to lose it, but I was going to lose it on my terms when I wanted. So for me, that was a way. Uh, for me to take back the control that I felt like I lost with the cancer. So um, uh, my chemos were on Monday. Um, My infusions were on Monday. So two days later, I woke up and my hair was like this weird texture. Mm. Like it was like matted and and like I've never felt anything like it before because my hair used to be like so soft and I couldn't get a brush through it and I was like oh my gosh this is it and the first my first thought was I'm going to clog my drain in my bathroom oh my gosh I can't do that (laughs) like I don't I don't want to clog my drain (laughs) that was my first thought
0: oh my goodness
1: I was like, oh, just picking out my hair. My that sounds terrible. So I called my mom at like eight in the morning. I'm like, Mom, come on, we're cutting the hair. And she's like, okay. So she drove me to the haircuttery across the street, and we met. And I felt like it was just, you know, when things just align and you meet people for a certain reason. So it just so happened that this woman. Her mother was a breast cancer survivor. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: And she cut her mom's hair and used to style her mom's wigs. Wow. So I felt like I was meant to be there. Sure. You know, and my mom, you know, of course was there and I wasn't fully ready to cut it all. Mm. Um, So as she washed it, it was matted and tangled and the more she yanked the more hair came out Mm. and uh (laughs) and she ended up I had this huge knot here and she tried to get it out and I was like just just cut it off just cut it off (laughs) so she cut it off and there was a giant bald spot right here so lucky for me she left like just a little bit of hair to cover it And so this side was shaved and this side had hair and I was feeling good because I wasn't fully ready for the, for the whole buzz. Sure. You know, so I left feeling good. No hair was clogged in my drain. Two days later, I go to my husband. I say, it's time. Mm. You need to shave it.
0: Mm. What happened? What happened in the two days that made that, that, that changed?
1: So one thing they don't talk about is that it actually hurts when your hair falls out, Mm. the follicles, they become so sensitive and like your scalp hurts so badly. Uh, So there, I remember I was like take a bath and just rub my head so hard to try to like move, move it along and get my hair to come out because it hurt that badly.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when i was eating <laughs> this is this is this was my breaking point you know you get tired of seeing clumps of hair everywhere my breaking point was i was i was eating some soup and i leaned over and a clump of hair fell in my soup. Oh! and i was like that's it done gotta go
0: done
1: it's gotta go <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> <laughs> So um I went to my husband, I said, we're shaving my head. Mm. And it's funny because I never stopped and thought about what he was thinking or what that would do to him, to have him shave his wife's head. I look back on it and it's like, I wonder what what he was thinking and how traumatic it must have it must have been for. For him, his new his new wife, who he's only seen with long blonde hair, and what that must do to him to have to shave it all. So I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was, but somehow he managed to make it almost funny, like yeah. we we were laughing throughout the whole time. <laughs> well, first of all. He didn't know how to use his own hair
0: clippers. <laughs> like, how does that happen? How does that happen?
1: <laughs> I think he was nervous. I don't know. Um, but finally, when he when he figured it out, you know, he's just like, does "This is hurt. Are you okay?" I'm like, "You're shaving my head. Not like <laughs> what do you think you're doing?" <laughs> So we managed to to laugh and crack jokes and have fun. And honestly, after it was finished, I felt good.
0: Yeah.
1: Oddly good. Yeah. Like it felt freeing. Mm.
0: It was liberating, huh?
1: Very liberating. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to feel that way. I was expecting mm. to feel a lot worse, maybe even cry. Yeah. Um, I think part of me maybe was in shock and, like, denial. I feel like shock and denial play a huge role, especially in the beginning of a cancer diagnosis. Mm. You, you know, you're you're kind of caught in this fight-or-flight mode, and you're in this whole survival mode, so you don't really have the time to stop and think, oh, I'm shaving my head, you know, because chemo is... Killing cells in my body and causing my hair to fall out. Like you don't stop and think about everything that's really happening to you. Sure,
0: it seems to be happening so fast, huh?
1: It. I mean, it does. Yeah. It, everything did. It was like a. It was like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the beginning, you, as the patient, you just hear, womp, 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 because you're just trying to comprehend what exactly is happening to you. And it isn't until, you know, after you're not surrounded by doctors, you're not surrounded by friends, you're not surrounded by family, you're you're by yourself, especially you're in the shower where you're used to using a certain amount of shampoo. Mm. And then by habit you squeeze that amount of shampoo and you look at it and you're like, "No, I don't I don't need that much anymore. Wow. And then you're rubbing your bald head and like, wow. Yeah. I, I don't have hair. Yeah. And so showering, I would say is, was the worst part for me. Yeah. I mean, showering is when I found the lump showering Every time I showered was a daily reminder of what was lost, mm. what I found. Um, so, yeah, showering was
0: probably the hardest part. Yeah. You know, Sam, I'm not sure if this happens for you, but they say, you know, that alone time in the showers, there's a lot of grieving in there. It's a lot of, you know, because that self, it's that time with yourself alone and thinking and, you know, a lot of tears are shed in there. You know, is that, was that the case with you, would you say?
1: Absolutely. Um, especially because, you know, everyone around you is trying to be positive and you're trying to be positive and it's like, you're, it's, I I wouldn't say like you are putting on an act, but you know, you're definitely trying harder when you're around people, um, to be well, to look well, yeah. you know, because you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. You certainly don't want to make anyone feel worse than they already feel. And so, you know, the fake it to you and make it type thing and putting on a brave face, all of those cliches really do fall into factor here because, mm-hmm. you know, you you want to protect your loved ones. You, you just don't want to make it worse. So, oftentimes I found that, again, I I say put on a show, but I really truly did have a positive mindset and I was really positive most of the time. But that having that level of positivity all of the time does take its toll and it can get tiring. For sure. So it wasn't until I was in the shower where, I mean, and, and, you know, in a biblical stance, you know, the concept of water is almost like a rebirth. Yeah. And every time I showered, it, it was like, you know, it was changing. Every, every With every shower, it was like a metamorphosis of me breathing who I was to sort of make room for who I was becoming.
0: It's the new Sammy's on her way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So... That that alone time, that that shower time was was very hard and reflective and powerful. Sure, but even looking back on it, it you know it's what I needed. I had I had to have some kind of outlet, somewhere, some safe space I could go to, where I could break down, and because you you know you love your family you, like you don't want to unload on them yeah. and and make it feel worse so between the shower and then my cancer coach those were the only safe places i had to truly truly say what was on my mind express what i was really thinking
0: be completely uh, naked huh
1: be com- completely naked mm-hmm. completely transparent and sure. vulnerable yeah You know, because the more that people would say, oh, you're so brave, you're so strong, the more I would try to prove them that I was. And, you know, crying and breaking down, that's not strong. Mm -hmm. But acting like everything's great and, you know, putting on a wig and putting on makeup and hearing the words, oh, you don't look sick.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It was like a double-edged sword because... On one hand, that was the goal, right? right. You didn't want to look sick. But on the other hand, it was like, but I am sick. So what What? What are you saying? Like, are you saying that I don't look sick, so I must not really be sick? So it was certain comments like that that really, you know, was jarring. It really kind of got to me.
0: It mm-hmm. plays with you a little bit, huh?
1: It does. It absolutely does. Um, especially like having a twin sister. You know, like seeing her healthy and with her long blonde hair was almost a reminder of, you know, what I had lost.
0: Yeah, it's like seeing yourself. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. And it's so it much. It's so
0: so and so unique too, Sammy. I mean, to have a twin sister too, and to like. What a comparison, because people don't necessarily have that, but yet you had this reflection of you to look at who you have become at that point, listening, you're in the shower and you're putting in so much shampoo and and, and getting through that point. And then talk about a little bit what happens now as the hair starts to come back. That's a little different, Right. You know, a lot of people say when hair comes back, Sammy, it's sometimes a different texture than what it was before. Did you experience that same type of, of comeback of, of hair follicles? <laughs> um,
1: absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was very curious as to how it would come back because you do hear that. Um, one of the main comments that people would make to me was like, oh, but your hair's going to grow back so much more healthier and fuller. Like, people are going to be jealous. And I'm like, oh, yeah, jealous of breast cancer? Sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, as it started to come back, at first I felt like a fuzzy little chicken
0: because
1: it was just, like, little patches of, like, peach fuzz. And uh, I felt, it felt like a, like, newborn baby (laughs) like getting some little hairs back and you know the more it came back in the more I started getting excited and and feeling better um and then as it got longer it started getting curlier Mm. and I had never had curly hair before it was always straight and It got to the point where it was so curly. I had like, it went out to the sides and it was like a curly
0: fro. Like a little afro.
1: Like a little afro. Yes.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I was like,
1: oh my gosh, like, I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know how.
0: I don't have hair products for this. No, I, I
1: definitely do not have hair products. Yeah, for
0: it. right. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: <laughs>
1: so I was like, you know, I was—I mean, I was just happy it came back at all, right? Sure. Uh, in some circumstances, and I didn't know this, but sometimes it doesn't, mm. or sometimes women struggle to have their hair come back, or it comes back thinner. Um, so in my case, I am so, so lucky um, that it came back, you know, at all. And it came back with the texture and the volume that it did because it did, it is thicker.
0: And, and I love I, what you've done with it there. You got the curls <laughs> there and you, you, got a, you got a little color to it. It, it. You know, I love the way you style it.
1: Thank you. Yes. Um, well, so I wanted my first haircut to be really symbolic mm. um after everything i had gone through you know going through cancer right after <laughs> a week after my marriage um and then during the pandemic and also finding out that i was BRCA positive, and so i will actually be getting an ovariectomy in september mm. um after all that I've been through and all of the setbacks and all of the the obstacles, you know, and all of the little pieces of myself that I spent so much time building back together, um, I really wanted my first haircut to be special. And so, you know, I was looking at pictures and I was like, what symbolizes a warrior? You know, like what's a what's a badass haircut? What (laughs) does a warrior's haircut look like? Yeah, and you know, I saw pictures of this kind of like faux hawk mohawk type thing with like the curls in the middle and the sides shaved and the back shaved, and I was like, you know what? That's fearless. That's a warrior. That's what I want. And obviously, the pink is for breast cancer.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So sitting in the chair and seeing my metamorphosis, my transformation into the new me, literally, you know, seeing it in the mirror, I cried. I cried tears of joy because it was a closing of, it was a closing of the breast cancer journey. You know, it was a fact that I had gone through this and I had survived, and I'm still here, yes. and I'm a badass. Yes. And now I have the haircut to prove it and feel like it. And and like I said when in the beginning, you know, my concept of beauty has totally changed from before cancer to to now. Yeah. Um, like now I so. Before I, I, this is this is how crazy I was. I I never wore my hair in a ponytail or up because I, I always have wore it down, always because I didn't like the shape of my face. True story.
0: Yeah.
1: Never wore my hair up, and now like after everything, I'm like, I don't see what I used to see anymore. You know, I look in the mirror and because I have to because I didn't have hair. You know. Yeah. And I see, I see me, I see the new beautiful me. And I don't care about my hair anymore. I don't care about makeup or clothes or any of that stuff that I used to care about. Because at the end of the day, none of it matters. My husband loved me at my darkest hour. My family loved me during my darkest times. My friends loved me when I was green and bald and nauseated and couldn't even open up my mouth to to speak words because I thought I would throw up all over the place. You know, they stuck with me. And that's that's
0: beauty. So amazing. And I have to say, you know, for the short time that I've met you, uh, such an amazing person and and um inside inside you know is just an amazing human being in there and for you to share your story and and helping those out there Sammy it's just so remarkable and I, I can't I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and thank you enough for this for this moment and you know If anything, you know, understanding what hair is. And we all get caught up in that concept of what beauty is when we live in this world. But when you get hit with something that brings life right to the forefront, you really get to appreciate, you know, what's, what's really important. And I couldn't have explained it as beautifully as you just have. And so I thank you, and and let me ask you, Sam. You know, because I love I love the hair, I love mm-hmm. the warrior mentality, and you you are you are fierce, whether you know it. And 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 I and I understand that we we as human beings do that. We put things on people, and and we're supposed to live up to those expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that you were able to be vulnerable with us today and help us to appreciate it's okay to to feel this way and at the end of it this is who we have in front of us today so amazing <laughs> so amazing and so what would you say Sam Sammy to those that are listening and those that are watching our this video you know what would you like to say to them when it comes to uh Uh, this journey that you you get on, this cancer journey?
1: Um, Well, I, you know, my hope is that people will listen to my story and realize that they're not alone. And, you know, even though cancer can be very isolating, um, you know, you often don't think people will understand what you're going through because they can't possibly, like, you can't even be, you can't even put into words what you're going through because sometimes you have so many emotions in your head you don't even know how to process it and um, and like if anybody is like me, I protect my loved ones I want to you know make sure they're safe and they're protected and so a lot of times I would turn inward and not tell them what I was really thinking or feeling. The problem with that is if you don't have an outlet, then the more you turn inward, more, the more it builds and festers and can lead to a dangerous situation. So whether it's a shower or a therapist or having a cancer coach, like I did, you know, my cancer coach was very, very important during my whole experience, uh, journey, if you will, through, through cancer. Um, I didn't call her a cancer coach though. I called her my cancer guru, my Mm -hmm. cancer, my cancer navigator, because there are times when you are, you're isolated and you're in the dark and you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's there and people talk about it. And, and people say you're going to get through it, Uh but when you are there in that darkest hour, you can't see it. And so it's so important that you have someone, whether it be, you know, someone you can confide in, a mental health specialist, a cancer coach. It's so important to have that person that can see that you're struggling and guide you out of that darkness. And that's why I'm so grateful for my cancer coach because that's exactly what she did. She gave me a safe place to be vulnerable, just like you are now. And not only did she give me a safe place, but she sat in that vulnerability with me. She sat in the darkness with me and validated my feelings and then she said okay take my hand let's go Mm -hmm. I'll show you I'll show you how to get to the light at the end of the tunnel yeah and I needed that so I just want whoever's listening to know that if if they are struggling with their diagnosis because it's not easy and it's not pretty and all of the the ribbons and the glitter and the fight pretty You know, that's all great and well, but that's not real. You know, cancer is, it's scary. It's not pretty. It hurts. It hurts everybody that's affected by it. So it's so important that you don't go through it alone, that you confide in someone and have a support system because that's how those are the success cases and transform into something even more beautiful than when they were
0: before. It's awesome. awesome. And wigs
1: help as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we're going to be talking, we're going to be tackling that on another, on another show. And yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be fun. And, And, you know, and it should be, But I tell you what, Sammy, I thank you so much for this. We appreciate you. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, aka The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.